1: Welcome to the transfer window with podcast regulars Duncan Castles, Ian McGarry and serial interrupter, me, Henry McRae. Now, here's a question for you. What does Zlatan Ibrahimovic, Arjen Robin, Frank Ribery, Giorgio Chiellini and Yaya Toure have in common? Well, yes, they are all a bit over the hill and past their best, but they all have something in common with some younger players as well such as Juan Mata, Emery Chan, Alexis Sanchez, Meza Ozil, Marwan Fellaini, and good old Mario Balotelli. The answer of course is that as things stand, they're all only one month away from being allowed to talk to other clubs and negotiate a free transfer to a suitably highly paid destination this coming summer. But a lot can happen in a month. Only a few days ago, Lionel Messi tied himself to Barcelona for another three years with a contract that includes a Camp news sized release clause of €700 million. Euros. So, for the next hour and a bit, we're going to look at who's going to re-sign and who is going to move on for either a fee in January or for nothing at the end of the season. We've got multiple players at Man United, some big names at Arsenal, Liverpool and Man City, and loads more across England and Europe. So, Ian, where do you want to start? has broken out
0: at uh, uh, the Emirates uh, in this last week between uh, Arsene Wenger, Mesut Ozil and Alexis Sanchez. Um, Wenger said very forcibly in his pre-match press conference on Tuesday ahead of the Huddersfield Town match that um, Ozil and Sanchez would not be leaving in January. Now, big statement that actually, Henry, because um, this is their last chance to cash in. And Neither player is any closer to signing a new deal with Arsenal. Neither player seems to be any more uh, keen or, or, or intent on signing a new deal Arsenal. Arsenal. Um, and so Wenger is, is playing a game of, of roulette where um, he doesn't really hold any of the colours. <laughs> if that's possible. Because um, Erzlund Sanchez showed again their quality in the uh, demolition of Huddersfield. Um, both scoring goals, uh, both involved in assists. Now, you've got to ask yourself the question, uh, and, and indeed the board at Arsenal, uh, including Chief Executive Ethan Gaziris, has to ask the question, are we any closer to winning a major trophy this season, i.e. the Premier League or Champions League? Um, and if we are, or sorry, if we are not in this case, because I don't think they are, um, is does it make financial sense to keep Ozil Sanchez... At the club, and just for the sake of another, uh, by the time January one comes, five and a half months through at the end of the season to help us win what another FA Cup, maybe, uh, you know, the, the f- that doesn't make any financial sense. Maybe it makes um, sense in terms of Arsenal's reputation and prestige because selling two such high-profile players in the January window would substantially weaken them, and and of course make them look like uh, a fairly pathetic selling club. However, if I'm You know, on the board at Arsenal, if I'm the financial controller at Arsenal, I'd be looking at the money that the club's invested in both those players. Um, Sanchez was bought for 28 million, Özil for 43. Um, You add those two sums together, plus the wages in the last uh, four years, and you comfortably go beyond the 100 million mark in terms of investment. Um, The fact that these players have been allowed to run their contracts down to this point, I think, is you know just almost laughable in terms of the business side of things and in terms of the football side of things. But uh, there's fault on both sides in terms of um, Arsenal being indolent and Ozilian Sanchez being uh, indecisive about what they would see for the future. Uh, But it seems to me quite clear the path now, which will be, Ozilian Sanchez will simply play out uh, the remaining months of their contracts. Arsenal. Arsenal will hope that a miracle happens, and they either they do win one of those big trophies in the Premier League or the Champions League, and then can persuade those players to renew on the basis that there's a bright new future. Um, however, I'd say the realistic uh, scenario in this particular case is that both players walk at the end of the season. And um, I don't think, Duncan, that there'll be any shortage of suitors. I don't think there are any shortage of suitors even right now for us and Sanchez who are willing to... To wait until next June to sign them up on a free and therefore pick up a, a, you know an extraordinarily um, expensive player literally for nothing
2: yeah, I think with Sanchez there's no question about that. Um, we know Manchester City were very close and wanted them in the summer. they want him again in January, and we know that Pep Guardiola is pushing Manchester City to strengthen his squad um, to ensure they win the title this year and to give himself the best chance of winning the Champions League. And, you know, that's partly because the injuries have suffered more in defensive positions. But um, I think we've seen in the last few games, although Manchester City have won them all and set new records, that there's some weakness coming into the, the side and there's, uh, teams are working out ways to play against them, both both the weaker sides and the stronger sides. And um, and Guardiola was aware of that. You know, there's some interesting comments after uh, after the press conference at Huddersfield from both him and Vincent Company about how it was such a important win for them because the the temperatures were getting colder and the ball was moving slower and it was harder to play these games. And when you hear the both the captain and the the, the managers say the same thing in their immediate post match press conferences. It suggests that that's something that's playing on the on the head of of the team. So Manchester City would do it in January if Arsenal give them the option, and perhaps that's the reason why um, Arsene Wenger has gone into a press conference explicitly that neither player will be sold in January.
1: But um, what what kind of value are we are we talking about for Alexis Sanchez with only? Uh, six months remaining. I mean, you know, uh, Alexis Sanchez with two years remaining on his contract is uh, an extremely valuable asset. But how much could Arsenal expect to get for a, You know, when they could, when City could get him for free six months' time. If Manchester, well, would... if
2: Manchester City decide that Alexis Sanchez is the player they want, or one of the players they want to turn the best opportunity the club has had. Um, to win the title under Guardiola and to have a go at, the, at winning the Champions League, then Arthur potentially take £30 million from Manchester City in the January window. May for- we as well get the money City. back. Well,
0: or, or more, I think, because what's for sure is that the, tra- the football transfer market is unlike any other market. There's no comparable market in, in the world to, because it's an, it's an intangible. If you have a house, you're trying to sell, which has 20 years left on the leasehold, or a house that you're trying to buy in comparison, which has five years left on the leasehold. Then obviously you can play pay a lot less for the latter than the former. But when it comes to football, it's intangible. There are there are there are no rules to these markets. It's about how much someone wants to pay for that player in order, as Duncan rightly says, in this case, if City are convinced that the signing of uh, Sanchez will secure the title, or Hopefully, for them secure the title, then they will pay whatever it takes. Therefore, they might make Arsenal an offer they can't refuse, and by that I mean I'm talking an offer in an excess of forty million pounds, which they were willing to pay last summer for a player out of contract uh, in a year's time, maybe up to fifty, because City do have that kind of financial uh, wealth and they can afford to spend that. And listen, fifty million pounds to buy the Premier League title—that's cheap these days. I right? mean, you know, it usually costs you a lot more than that. So. Okay.
1: What about Arsenal, though? Can Arsenal expect to qualify for the Champions League, finish in the top four, without Alexis Sanchez, and therefore, you know, if they don't, they'd struggle to attract the type of player that they... But but they
0: failed last year, Henry. They failed to do it last year. If they
1: they need to replace Alexis Sanchez, spend money to, to bring in a replacement, a lot of money to bring in a replacement, it'll be a lot easier to attract the type of player they want, if they're in the Champions League, so it's maybe worth the while holding on to him to get there, and then move him on in the summer for free.
0: Or, yeah, the that, other side—that's
2: that, side. that's Arsene Wenger's reasoning, I mean, and Ar- and Arsene Wenger has made that explicit in in his various comments about Sanchez and Ozil um, and this contract situation, which he's obviously fed up talking about, and is, and has been forced upon him by the club. But he's he's talked about how mm-hmm. you can expect to get. Um, full performance from a player to the end of his contract and sometimes even better performance because He's in the final year of a contract trying to get himself the best money either at the current club or the other other suitors he has for him so Here is a divide and we know there's a divide in Arsenal at the moment and that the club is having to prepare for Wenger's succession they're making a lot of appointments around Wenger guys like sporting director, head of performance director, uh, they sacked, or, or sacked the wrong word, they came to an agreement with their long serving chief scout that he leave the club and they've replaced him uh, with Sven Mieslin-Pat from uh, Borussia Dortmund, and what you see there is the club preparing the ground for the change from Arsene Wenger to a new manager. And if they're preparing the ground for the change from Arsene Wenger to a new manager, that tells you that there's likely to be conflict between the club and Arsene Wenger over playing staff and the future direction of of the playing staff. So from Wenger's point of view, he wants to retain Sanchez and Ozil this season. Perhaps from the club's point of view, as Ian has pointed out, the financial is to move Sanchez now, in particular, because you know he's going to leave in the summer and you know there's a market for him. we're talking about Manchester City and what they might pay for Sanchez. It, you know, The housing market analogy is quite a good one here because Sanchez, we know, is coveted by Paris Saint-Germain as well. We know that there'll be a market for him elsewhere in Europe. He'd certainly have a market from other Premier League clubs if he becomes free if he's left to become free in the summer. So if you're Manchester City and your calculation, and we know Guardiola's calculation is, I want this man in the team, he fits my system, he is a a guy who will make our attack more effective and give us more opportunity to win. If your calculation is he's the guy you want, why not spend more money than you in principle should have for a player who's only got six months left in his contract in January to prevent the other suitors getting involved in the summer? I think it's very interesting,
0: Duncan, what you said about Uh, the conflict at Arsenal, because Wenger has already shown himself to be a very selfish man in that he's not resigned uh, for the better of Arsenal. Um, And don't get me wrong, he's not been forced into that position either by a club who have no idea how to replace him. But um, in saying that he wants to retain Sanchez until the end of the season rather than cashing him in January, he's effectively saying, I want my last shot at glory and I want the best players in order to do that. If he was acting in the best interest of the club, I believe the right move uh, would be to sell Sanchez at a premium price with six months in his contract and recruit a player like Julian Draxler from PSG who's not on the PSG team, who would come, who um, would suit Arsenal's style of play, who's younger, who would have an asset and shelf life much greater than Sanchez. So flip that and say, uh, to use a housing analogy again, flip it and say, right, sell Sanchez to uh, Manchester City because we're not going to win the title. They are going to win the title. Fine. We'll bring in a younger, fitter, um, um, longer-term prospect player in Draxler. We'll make the team better for that for for the longer term rather than simply one man, i.e. Wenger's selfish obsession with leaving on a hive, which again is, I'd say, a fantasy of winning the Premier League or Champions League. And
1: what about his... Mate Ozil. Then you know we, we've covered Sanchez, but um, Mesut Ozil, um, maybe uh, stock has fallen a bit since he arrived from Real Madrid. Um, is is he likely to generate the same kind of level of interest that Sanchez is?
2: No, he's, he's not generating the same kind of interest. That that's clear. Um, part of the reason for that is the financial demands of his agent are so high that he scared scared away most potential suitors. And also Ozil himself has made it clear that he only wants to move to a very top club. So a club of the dimension of Barcelona, um, Real Madrid, Manchester United. He puts himself in a difficult situation for a guy whose worth is often um, not fully um, grasped by people. He's, he's kind of a, a figure of, of hate and, and fun in the Premier League and for being a lazy guy who doesn't contribute. Yet, statistically, his chance creation is at the very top level in the Premier League. So he does have value on the field. Um, he's, a, he's a complicated individual. He's a complicated guy to manage. But the question, does he, is, there, is there the same demand for him? No, there's not. Um, And, and, you know, a big aspect of that is how much money he is asking as a wage and as a signing on fee. And and obviously, when we're talking about these players going out of contract, and the advantage of signing players for free transfers or reduced transfer fees. It's only half the story when the football club is making the calculation on how much does this player cost me. The transfer fee is actually irrelevant in the sense what they're looking at is what's the entire cost of the transfer over five years. Transfer fee, signing on fee, wages, all bundled in. Um, What's the total cost, the total package? That's the calculation you make. If you can get them on a free transfer, that's simply an advantage at one end of the deal, which is almost certainly going to be wiped out by the agents um, and the player taking extra money at the other end of the deal.
0: I think you're right. In the case of Virgil, his um, his uh, body language is the same as the market for him, and that's languid. And uh, I think clubs are, would prefer, in the case of Virgil, to simply wait until he goes out of contract and then make a decision on investing what around fifty million pounds it would cost for his wages over the course of a four year contract, and decide then to do that because you're canceling out any fee, which at this stage for Virgil would be around twenty twenty five million. So you're saving almost fifty percent by waiting until June, uh, in real terms. Um, agents' fees on a free transfer are inflated, that's for sure. But um, you can at least write off the indemnity of the, their initial outlay, which is a big factor now for football cause because these players, at, at the very highest level, do cost a lot of money over the course of the contract. And there's no guarantee that they're going to play well or, or perform well. There's no guarantee you're going to win trophies over that period. So you have to, you have to be realistic when you sign a player like Ozil about um, how much you pay with regard to what the risk factor is in what you're going to get in return. Um, and I think that's what's caused uh, clubs not to be as urgent to sign Ozil as they are with Sanchez because Sanchez, again, like his his playing style, is more dynamic uh, and it, the value is there for everyone to see. Uh, whereas it, it, you're right in what you say about Ozil being a little bit invisible in terms of what he actually does. Uh I, a brilliant player though he certainly is he just doesn't appear to be the same player who influences games uh in the same way that sanchez does
1: so just but, briefly just briefly what you, if you to predict the type of club that Özil be at next season give me some sort of examples of where
0: you well, like, like, could play any club in the world henry there's no doubt about that it's just that does he want to <laughs> does he want to turn up i think um ozell's character his style of play um like he he was both successful and then slightly nullified at Real Madrid. Um, he's been the same at Arsenal. He's had one exceptional season and then he's had a mediocre season or a bad season. And really, you have to have a club and a manager who, who love him and, and, and who will show him that love to get the best out of him. And ultimately, that's what will decide Erzl's we'll transfer. Whereas Sanchez, you could send him into your pub five or side team or you could send him to Barcelona or Real Madrid. And he would still absolutely smash everyone in his... Uh, is, is in front of them, so it's a very different kind of character very different kind of player but I think you know, to, just to summarise on this part I think what we will see is that both Ozil and Sanchez will leave Arsenal um, within the next six months and the Arsenal's it, Arsenal were the ones left with the biggest problem because they're in a probably I think worse state now to attract that kind of player uh, to their club than they were when they signed Ozil and Sanchez than where they are now and so they probably will have to downscale um, in terms of their expectation of what player arrives. It might be a younger player with potential who becomes a superstar. Because after all, remember when Ozil Sanchez signed, it was like, oh, this is, this is when Arsenal finally get the checkbook out, finally sign the you know, ready to hit the ground running superstar player. And they have done that since. And they will struggle to do it next summer.
1: Well, they've got another couple of players uh, in the same position. Um, you know, Sanchez is uh, about to turn 29. Ozil is 29, probably at the, the peak of their powers. Um, Santi Cadorla, um is 33 uh, next month. Uh, do, do we see a future for him, or is, is he kind of just uh, disappear into the horizon?
0: He just had his ninth operation on his ankle in the last week. Um, that's a very, very tragic situation. Uh, turn of events for, for what is uh, has been a brilliant footballer for Arsenal. Um, in fact, Arsenal's demise in terms of their league positions can also almost be tracked right to with the, the first point when Santi Cazara got injured. Because at that time, um, though he came here as a wide player, he started playing as a playmaker in central midfield and was outstanding, absolutely outstanding in that position. And then got this ankle injury, which has recurred and recurred to the point, as I say, nine surgeries. And... Sadly, and I hope it's not the case, at 33, we may have seen the last of Santi Cazorla on on the football field. I hope I'm wrong, but I think when you have that level of medical care and attention on one injury, you've got to ask if you're going to recover from it. Um, Wenger would have been very keen to have him on his coaching staff, but as Wenger's on his way out, that may no longer be the case. But is a very intelligent uh, uh, football man who I think, if he chooses, could very well have a career in coaching. So I think, unfortunately for Cazorla, it may be that we won't see him in an Arsenal kit again and maybe not even playing football again.
1: And then there's, of course, um, the, at the other end of the spectrum, just coming into his prime, Jack Wilshire, who's uh, 26 in January, um, been away uh, on loan, come back, and he's out of contract too. One of the, you know, one of Wenger's views sort as of genuine youth products that have come right through the Arsenal Academy. Um do we do we think Wilshire's going to stick around, or where do we see the future for him?
2: Well, I don't see the characterisation of him just coming into his prime as being very accurate with Jack Wilshire. Um, I think I mean in time. his
1: age, he's he's you know he's coming into twenty six. It's sort of the prime physical. Ah, it should period. be his prime. Yes, yes,
2: yes. But when when was his prime physical period? I, I think I think we have seen. I think unfortunately we have seen the best of Jack Wilshire. I think when he was a teenager was the best of him um on the football field and the best of him physically um, i would be very surprised if arsenal retain him um given the the sparse number of games he's played over the over the la- over the course of his last contract he's a he's a highly paid player He's obviously um, has elevated status because he's English, um, still young. Uh, When he broke into the Arsenal team, he was seen as the future of the England national team. Um, So that will probably allow him to um, get a contract at one of the mid-level Premier League clubs and have another go, demonstrating what... People thought he was capable of and what he think, still thinks he's capable of um, I'm not sure it'll work out very well it would be good be nice to be proven otherwise but he's I I'm guessing here but I would suggest a club like everton would be the, the sort of level that he might be able to attain if they continue their sort of um Uh, incomprehensible uh, self-contradictory transfer recruitment policies that they did in the last summer, that would be the kind of player you would move for, give a high contract and end up um, uh, suffering, likely suffering the costs of down the line.
1: Okay, let's move on from Arsenal. Um, They've obviously got form in losing players for free in the summer uh, when Robin Van Persie obviously left United and they went on to win the title led by Van Persie the, the, the following season. So, Beware, Arsenal. Um, so, Raising Manchester United, they have got a number of uh, high-profile, first-team players uh, coming out of contract in the summer. So, we the one that's had the most publicity, of course, is uh, Marwan Fellaini because, unlike uh, many of the others, five of the others, he does not have a one-year extension to be triggered by the club. So, Duncan... Uh, what is the latest on Fellini? Mourinho's obviously spoken out and is keen to get him re signed by the look of things.
2: Well, Fellaini had the one year extent, extension of his contract. It was triggered, in, uh, or it was announced that that had been triggered in January. So, United um, took that option in the expectation that it, he would be easy um, to extend his contract because. Yeah. If you go back to that period, he was not—he was still not a high-status player at United. In fact, a few months previously, it looked like his time at United was over after he uh, gave away a penalty at Everton that was cost, very costly for them in the in the first half of the season. His, you know, his star has risen um, exponentially since then. He's now every time. Josie Mourinho talks about him, he underlines his importance to the team. I think his, his, his importance has been demonstrated in his recent absence, which obviously, um, combined with the absence of Paul Pogba, left him very short midfield. It might be demonstrated again this weekend, in that um, he, uh, he has another problem with his knee, um, that he picked up in the Brighton match, um, he missed Tuesday's game, and he may miss... Uh, the match at Arsenal on Saturday, and obviously Nemanja Matic is a doubt there too. So again, you're looking at Manchester United going into a big game with potentially two important central midfielders missing. In terms of where he goes, he, I'm told, is very unhappy with United's um, uh, offer or lack of offer for a contract extension. His position is to stay at Manchester United. Um, He is extremely loyal to the manager. He likes the club. likes the way his career is at the moment. However, at his age, he feels this is the last big contract that's available to him, and he promises on the length and value of that contract um, simply to stay at United. So you have pressure from Fellaini's side and pressure from the manager to uh, secure that extension. Um, But nothing has happened to get it anywhere near to, to being signed from the club side so far.
0: <clears throat> I think, in, in fairness to Marouane, he must have looked at Neymar's move to PSG and thought to himself, well, you know, that that could have been me, really, you know.
1: <laughs> very similar players.
0: I think he was asleep at the time when he thought this, but anyway. Um, Fellaini's a very useful player for Jose Mourinho, and Mourinho loves to have players who can do different things. Um, and aren't just other people. than play football. <laughs> you you could see that, Henry. I wouldn't possibly want to see that. Marouane does not play football. Uh, however, you know he's he's someone who Mourinho can rely on. He's the archetypal "I will run through that brick wall for you," gaffer type player, which Mourinho loves. Uh, he knows he can count on him to do exactly as he's asked, uh, and that whether that's playing in defensive or midfield or even in defence or even up front as a striker, and. Um, and so, Mourinho values that loyalty and he values that flexibility. So, from his point of view, I can absolutely see why he wants United to give him a new contract. Um, I think he's 30 now, Fellaini, though, is he, is yeah. he not, Duncan? Yeah, So, right. and Do you remember, it wasn't so long ago that United had a, 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 a policy of only giving players over 30 a one-year extension. Um, so, again, that would have to be broken. I'm not saying, it's obviously, it's, it's not the case. Uh, uh, hard and fast, but it's Fellaini wants four years. I think you can still get that Manchester United. Whereas he's obviously had a very lucrative offer in Turkey, both from Besiktas and from um, Galatasaray to go there, and uh, there are much less um, rigid tax regime there as well. So again, his net pay would be less, would be more. Um, it's it's interesting, isn't it? I can I can sympathise um, with someone like Fellaini because. He is at the point where he, needs, he there's that last contract, and he's looking about. He's thinking about his future, what's going to be doing. when He's 35, 40 years old, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Um, and therefore, he's got that uh, rock in a hard place. Do I stay for less money at one of the biggest clubs in the world, but hopefully win trophies, or do I go somewhere where it's less high profile but earn maybe twice as much um, and basically have have a good life? Uh, after I retire, and you know the, his life after retirement will maybe last forty years, so he's got to think about those two things. I think it's probably more of a a, a, a problem for Manchester United with regards to the other players who are do have the one year um, extension trigger still to be decided. Um, Ashley Young um, is a player in uh, in point who has had an exceptional season so far, having gotten the team at left back in the absence of of uh, other defenders scored two uh, very, very good goals um, against Watford uh, this week. Someone who a lot of Unity players might be asking themselves, well, why has he not been doing that for the last couple of years? Like, obviously, he's had a couple of injury problems, couldn't get in the team when he was fit. And then, of course, you have that um, thing that Duncan was referring to with Arsene Wenger earlier about a player who is in the last year of contract playing out the skin because they're trying to earn a new contract or earn a contract somewhere else. And Young, again, I think is 29 um i mean be 30. oh no, no
1: he's he's 33 in july oh sorry well we will be 33 at the start of next season
0: it's, it's it's the baby face that i've been fooled by there yeah. in that case <laughs> but um well look in that case even more urgent for him to to, to earn some kind of contract um under herrera juan mata uh daily Blind, uh similar situations i would say duncan that those are players who have varying values to mourinho uh in terms of what he sees going forward Rebuilding that Manchester United squad.
2: Yeah, look, he, he definitely wants to keep Ander Herrera. He definitely wants to keep Ashley on. Um, Daley Blind wants to stay at Manchester United. Is is not um, actively looking for a move elsewhere. But there's been, I'm told, no effort to uh, trigger his extension. So, and you, you only have to look at his use in the team. He's he's a secondary player. Um, he. He, he's used most often either as left-back or centre-back, and he has obvious weaknesses in terms of pace and, and height in both positions. So, um, it's the, one of the other ones is Luke Shaw. I think the only way that it gets triggered as an extension is to um, enable Manchester United to get some money on a transfer out, like Luke Shaw's chance of um, establishing himself as Manchester United's first-choice left-back is gone. So then you, you've got... If you say Shaw and Blind are both in doubt, then you'd expect Manchester United to buy a left back, um, which means you keep Ashley Young as as backup. And then Juan Mata's situation, also another player who wants to stay at Manchester United, which you know most players do. You very rarely find a player who actually wants to leave Manchester United, to step down to another club. Um, a decision will have to be made there. Is Juan Mata first choice for for Jose Mourinho? No, he's not. Um, does he do a job for him at times? Yes, he does. He's important in certain situations. But if you look six months down the line, one more um, the opportunity to recruit properly at left back, properly for a winger and possibly a number 10, then Mata's position would become more questionable. So then, again, is it a case, do you extend for one year to try and get some money in the transfer market? Probably. Probably that that could work for United, um, in the sense that if you had Juan Mata in a one-year contract, there would be suitors in the Premier League prepared to take him, and you could get a transfer fee. However, if you give him a one-year contract, does he actually decide to move to those suitors? Because you know he wants to stay at the club, so you end up giving the contract to try and make money, and actually the result is paying more wages for the final year of the contract, because the player chooses not to leave.
0: And in the context of January as well, I, I don't see Fellaini leaving because Mourinho doesn't have the same situation that Wenger has at Arsenal. He has the backing of uh, his bosses. And if he says Fellini must stay because we're still chasing trophies, then Fellaini will stay, regardless of running his contract down or not. I don't think that applies to Blind or Shaw necessarily. Um, if he could get rid of those players in January for a reasonable price, maybe that would be the case. But again, young Herrera Mata... Not for sale in January. Um,
1: so, here's a here's uh, a scenario for you. Yep. Swap deal. Wan Mata mezzo. Ozil. And what scenario was that? Wan <laughs> <laughs> Mata goes to Arsenal. Mezzo Ozil goes to United. Oh, I see. Oh, I see. Sorry. Uh,
0: I don't think that's a like-for-like like kind of swap. To be honest. Um, Although Mata would certainly suit Arsenal's style of play. Uh, and, well, I'm not convinced that Mourinho and Ozil had an uneasy relationship at Real Madrid. I think Mourinho appreciates Ozil as a player, but I think as a character he finds him quite difficult to deal with, and Ozil finds Mourinho difficult as as a, uh, a person. So, I'm not sure that's a marriage which is going to be um, sort of uh, reunited, uh, like, pardon the pun, um, in terms of uh, future. I think that that Jose Mourinho will be looking for a player with a bit more um, dynamic edge to his play come next uh, summer. And we've talked a lot about Antoine Griezmann. Uh, I think that would be the preferred option for the kind of Ozel type number 10. But um, I was just saying in terms of January, I think that Sean Blind might be the only two who are movable.
2: I think Mata to Arsenal is not a, a bad out in terms of a club that he might be prepared to accept going to. Going to, going to live in London again, and um, in many ways, he, he, he fits the, the DNA of Arsenal as a sort of a physically weaker player with a very good technical touch. We know Wenger loves that kind of player and, st- and stacks his team of them. So, to the extent with which Wenger will have choice in the transfer market, then yeah, that, that could be a runner. In terms of Manchester United and Mesut Ozil, Mesut also will not be the first choice for Manchester United. That you can be clear on that. They want a higher quality of player. Um, the question is whether they can get the higher quality of player prepared to spend on wages and transfer fee to, to get the higher quality of player that Mourinho needs in the key positions to take the squad on to another level. But also won't be first choice.
1: Okay. Um... One Name left at United, uh, who's just uh reappeared, of course, is big Zlatan Ibrahimovic. Um, signed a uh, you know, a one year deal just back from injury. Um, is it remotely uh likely that he is at United next season? I
0: find it difficult, um, Henry, to see that Zlatan has a longer term future at United as much as. Josie loves him and the fans love him. Um we know he's not fully fit yet, obviously, and it would be wrong of us to expect him to be having suffered an ACL and come back after 212 days uh to 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 back in the pitch. It's an incredible recovery. But and even though he's 36 and even though um he has the this remarkable kind of uh aura and uh charisma about him and the way he plays, I don't think he's going to improve as a player. I think he's only gonna not get worse, but he's not going to do anything more. And I do think he's had a negative effect on Romelu Lukaku's form as well. I think Lukaku feels a little bit in awe of him and a little bit in his shadow. Um, The fact that when he uh, came on for his first reappearance, he, not Mourinho, told Lukaku, you go left hand through the centre, is the kind of thing which someone like Lukaku, young, not naive as such, but you know a little bit intimidated, uh, and I don't think United are going to get the best out of a seventy-five million pound striker where Lukaku is in uh, the team or in on the bench, and indeed just on Lukaku's radar. And so I think for the best uh, to get the best of Lukaku, then Zlatan has to leave the scene, exit stage left, and I think that's what will happen next summer. I haven't, I
2: haven't actually asked that question of whether Ibrahimovic's new contract is something they're considering. Interesting one because, he, one, you've got to wait to see what the recovery is like. You know, when, when he did his, uh, his ACL and PCL in that injury at the end of, towards the end of last season, they thought his career was over at the top level, did not expect him to return from Manchester United, certainly didn't expect him to return in anything like the, the speed of recovery which he's achieved. Um, And I think everyone at the club and everyone who's worked on that injury is just in awe of um, how Ibrahimovic has managed to get himself back on the pitch so quickly, which means you've got to give him the chance to demonstrate what level of performance he can get to having managed to get back on the pitch. And he's obviously got a brilliant football brain. Um, He's obviously got the the potential to change his game. I mean, he, he has changed his game in the last four or five years anyway, and that you see him dropping further back into the midfield to accommodate for his lack of pace and almost operating as a number 10 who starts in a number nine position to um, to come back and create the play and then move into the box to finish. Um, so he's been able to adapt his play there. He has the skill and the ball and the intelligence to adapt his play again. Um, he is very good in tactical situations. Mourinho appreciates the height he has and the um, the ability to control the ball. Um, He talked about why he brought him on at Watford, that uh, he was going to bring him on at 3-2 and he wanted to bring him on to hold possession at the other end of the field and even mentioned that um, he said to Zlatan, if it was still 3-2 at the end of the game, watch out for Aurelio Gomez coming forward for a corner kick. I want you to mark Aurelio Gomez. So Mourinho likes players of that type who give him extra dimensions. Um, The long-term plan certainly wasn't to keep him beyond two years. Um, But again, Mourinho said several times this season that Lukaku has struggled because he's had to play start him in every game at centre forward and he doesn't have a replacement there. So probably the calculation comes down to how well does he perform in the next six months and what can Manchester United get as a backup stroke alternative central striker to Lukaku in the summer market and how much money do they have to play with but decide how much money does he want because be- before his injury Ibrahimović and Mino Raiola were making a big point of um, we want to maximise um, our, our interests going forward and decide where we want to play so there was pressure from Ibrahimović's side to, to get a good contract this year which dissipated post injury, so it, it, that one's a very fluid situation. I think
1: he's obviously the you know stature of player that is going to get lucrative offers from um, you know non-European, uh, well-funded, but uh, maybe not as a competitive leagues. Like you know, he, he could easily see Zlatan in the United States or maybe uh, in China. Um, you know, is he likely? Do you think to Reject, you know, an offer from a decent-sized European club in order to go and have a good time in, uh, in New York or in, in LA. Well,
0: he didn't Henry when he first signed for United because he he did have those offers uh, on leaving PSG. And Remember, he left on a free transfer from PSG, or I should say, out of contract. So <clears throat> it it's clear that you know he still had ambitions uh, beyond uh, you know having some kind of Sort of retire, semi-retirement in a in a nice city or a nice country, earning a lot of money. So, um, and he's a very he's been a very individual character in that sense. Um, I don't think he's ruled by money, although money's important to him. And he, reportedly, he earns an excess of three hundred thousand pounds a week at Manchester United, um, which is more than Paul Pogba earns at this current time, uh, considering Pogba is the record signing. So. It's it's a, it's a question which you know, only Zlatan and his um, lions can answer um, once they've obviously whispered to him uh, with what he does <laughs> at the end of this season. Um, I, I, personally, I, I'm not sure I see Zlatan in China. Um, in America, yes, because I think he'd see you know conquering another continent as something that you know lions do. Um, but I'm not sure I see him go to China because it is such a backwater of football, whereas. At least in the MLS, he'll have uh, still have a high profile, and he'll still be able to um, uh, sort of you know lecture to us with his philosophy of life from there, and and have a platform to do so. So, uh, my prediction would be that he doesn't re-sign for Manchester United next summer. I think he's too expensive at his age, and as I said, I think he doesn't. Um, it's, it's not the best option for Romelu Lukaku. I think bringing a different um, number ten stroke, another, or, or indeed an apprentice striker for Lukaku, would be uh, a more forward-thinking move for Manchester United.
1: Okay, let's move on a bit. Oh, sorry, Duncan, have you got something you want to add?
2: Yeah, I think, I think you will have those offers from elsewhere. I think you've got to look at how Mourinho convinced them to come to Manchester United in the first place, which was come to England and win the title. I think mentally he still wants to do that. Um, so he will try and win the title this year. Here. and he will try obviously to prove to people that he can come back from one of the one of the most serious injuries you can get in football effective as he was before because that's just the nature of the man
1: okay well it's it's looking unlikely that he is going to win the title this year because the team that do look like they're going to win the title this year are nearby city um neighbors manchester city and they have two uh, two players and their Mid-30s, um, coming out of contract, Fernandinho and Yaya Toure. So, Duncan, what do we think will happen with these two?
2: I think Yaya Toure will be allowed to leave. Um, they not getting much game time, um, not quick enough for the way... Um, Pep Guardiola wants to play these days I think Fernandinho will be offered a new contract um, he's a player that Guardiola appreciates a great deal he's hugely important to the way they're playing at the moment in that he has to do a lot of the uh, spade work for that. the David Silva Kevin De Bruyne centre midfield that they're playing ahead of him he's a guy that Guardiola often praises um, for his performances and his, his uh, his ability not just to play that role, to play, to play a range of roles in the team. So I, I would expect to see Fernandinho being rewarded with a with a, a, a substantial lucrative contract. Um, and then probably City to bring another player in who can share those duties with them next season.
0: End of the I think, for City, when Yaya Turi leaves, um, I think he will always be remembered as a, as a bit of a legend. At City, because of the way he performed when he first arrived, Um, scored a remarkable amount of goals in his first two seasons Uh, for City. uh, Led them obviously to a Premier League title as well in that time. Um, Captain the club, I think, with uh, a lot of enthusiasm and skill. Um, I think you know, probably disproved a lot of people um, by playing in a manner which people in this country did not believe he was capable of because of his stature and size, Um, even though he'd done so successfully at Barcelona previously. um, People thought he was too slow, too languid, um, but in fact, he he controlled games. um, And in his peak, which he was then, he was someone who you could rely on to always motivate other players and ensure that uh, he got the best out of teammates. Um, And I think, unfortunately, for Tori and for City, that went a bit sour in the last two three years. You know, we had the infamous "they didn't give me a birthday cake" nonsense. Uh, hence, why he was allegedly wanting a transfer, and I think we all know that that was all about you know getting a new contract or certainly getting a wage a wage rise, etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. His relationship with Pep has been, I think, a little checkered. Uh, Pep obviously has, uh, in a in a should way. Um, Got the best out of him in in limited situations. That when he really needed him, um, however, obviously feels that he is very much supplemented to the requirements now, and even his experience and leadership qualities are not not needed in the dressing room. And so uh, I think Yaya will sail somewhat uh, sort of uh, out of Manchester City with the the that he deserves, but certainly um, uh, not with uh, I think a sense of having completed the task that he thought. He was being brought into, which was to help them win the Champions League, unless, of course, that happens this season and he somehow forces to be back into the team. Although we Manchester City playing right now, I don't see that happening unless there are um, you know injuries um, sustained, etc. And there's nowhere else to take that place. But I, I think, yeah, Yaya is definitely um, seeing his farewell tour uh, from the bench. I think for the rest of the season. Yeah, I think
1: I think,
2: I think with Yaya I should. Say that for me Ayaturi was the best player in the Premier League for two years, um, at the peak of his career. He was he was a complete midfielder defensively, attacking, leading the team. And I think if he hadn't been African he would have been recognized um, for that by um, by the football writers and, and his peers. Um, show. I just think the quality. If you go back and watch the quality of the play in that, in that I'm not. Game,
1: I'm not saying controversial. I was about to say exactly the same thing, but I wasn't. I wasn't about to say that he would didn't get the plaudits because he's African.
2: Well, I think it. it, it um, unfortunately, it's just the way um, uh, media works. Um, uh, you get more exposure if you are from the country that you play in. Um, and uh and it, there's you know there's plenty of examples of it down the line where where players from africa aren't as well recognized as they as they should have been for the quality of their play i think what ha- manchester city um you know they outspent everyone to sign the guy and it was in retrospect a superb decision for them they got a quality player i think he, although um He's not Guardiola's favourite. He does have the opportunity to play some more this season because the team—you can see the team tiring. Um, they've got a very hard fixture schedule coming up. Uh, Guardiola hasn't rotated his squad very much. He puts a lot of pressure on that midfield, as I say. Um, Gundogan is obviously his preferred choice to come in, but Gundogan's got um, a history with injuries, so it's will be able to stay fit for the rest of the season, so there might just be a a chance for a fanfare for him and then it would be interesting to see where Yaya goes because you could you would like to see him play again in the Premier League and play regularly for a side and and see um if he still has enough left in him to to lead a you know maybe a, a side that 's in the, the top ten but not one of the the champions League contenders. Probably more likely his agent will will look to take um, a big financial deal in China or um, or the United States, but um, another one to watch and see what happens.
1: Okay, well as Duncan says, Yaya Toure has obviously been a you know a great player for City, and they've they've got their money's worth from him. And at the grand old age of 35, come next season, um, he's probably earned a, a final last deal, taking him somewhere to get a final paycheck um completely different case in liverpool with uh, Emery chan still only 23 24 next month and you know liverpool at risk of losing you know world cup winner just coming in his prime uh, really so you know what do you see happening there Ian and how you know pretty bad management to let get to this stage with a player of that caliber it
0: isn't, isn't it isn't henry i've always found Chan to be a bit of a puzzle. Um, You know, he sometimes, uh, or certainly early in his Liverpool career, certainly wanted to play as a number ten, and you know, believed that that would be his position. Then he moved back uh, to central midfield, and he was going to be uh, a holding midfielder. Um, Now he thinks seems the way he's been playing recently. He's playing between a six and an eight, which you know is is someone who's going to play. Uh, holding but will attack when he gets Jordan Henderson to sit and, and, and protect him in behind and I think he's always been uh, between two things uh, whether it be attacking or defensive personally I think he's too slow both um, physically and mentally in terms of his football brain to be uh, a kind of like obviously a Coutinho type player like, a classic number 10 or wide tennis club likes to say and I think, um, I think his career has been hampered by a failure to focus on being great in one position rather than quite good in several. And so it doesn't actually surprise me that Chan's contract has run down for Liverpool, because I don't think anyone who's managed him at Liverpool, either pre-Klopp or now, um, really knows what it is he does uh, specifically. He's a very efficient player and sometimes he can show moments of brilliance as he did uh, last season with the overhead kick. Um, his passing um, is great, but not brilliant. You know, As I said, he, he seems to fall in between a lot of categories. And um, the fact that Juventus have shown such a lot of interest in him doesn't surprise me, because I think Italian, the pace of Italian football would suit Chan's own pace much better than playing in the Premier League. He would have more time on the ball. He'd more time to think about what he's going to do next. He'd be more effective for that reason. Um, I think if you ask Liverpool fans, they would say that you know his lack of pace has cost them many times in terms of whether he's lost the ball or whether he's trying to track back. And so um, uh, <coughs> I think he will leave, actually. I don't think um, there's been enough of a effort from uh, Liverpool to, to re-sign him. I think that um, they've known... All along, that his agent has been talking with other clubs and has said specifically Juventus. Uh, and, and also, that to me signals a parting of the ways and a kind of, it will be a kind of, it will be a, 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 an amicable parting in my view. I think, you know, Liverpool will say good luck to him. I don't think they really see it as they didn't buy him for an awful lot of money. I think it was under under, million, 10, under, under 10. Under 10. Well, exactly. Yeah. So the money that you know, he's not in big wages either. So <clears throat> unlike Ursula and Sanchez. Um, Liverpool probably just about feel like they've got value for their money, but at the same time, I don't think we see much value in going forward, so if he leaves in a freezer setting, I think I'll be, I'll be an amicable part of the ways.
2: Yeah, I think he's, he's, he's kind of a an example of where Liverpool are as a club. He's one of Liverpool's better midfielders, but there's no question that Liverpool could easily upgrade him to a superior model. I, I've watched him in games this season. When he works, Uh, as he did against Manchester United, and he he, uh, he tracks back and tackles, then he looks a good midfielder because he's doing both parts of the job. When he doesn't bother, which I watched him live against Manchester City, um, where he basically allowed uh, Fernandinho to turn them and hit unmarked David Silva and Kevin De Bruyne, he's a liability. So I think your analysis is very fair in that he's not, he's not pushed himself to be a great player. In terms of where he's got himself to, it's, again, a reflection of where Liverpool are perceived by players these days. They see them as a stepping stone club. If you want to go, to be playing at the top level of European football, and Liverpool come in from you and take you from Germany, yes, that's a good move. You go to the Premier League, you get a good wage packet, you get to... Demonstrate um, your abilities on television. You sometimes get to play in the Champions League, but certainly not always. And and it's that sometimes, but not always, playing in the Champions League, which which sort of colours the player's perception of where they want to go next. So there's no question that Philip Coutinho saw Liverpool as a stepping stone when Barcelona came in. He pushed very hard to make that move. Emery Chan's not got the same level of suitor. Far off, and uh, he's got last season's Champions League finalists wanting to sign. So, how do Liverpool keep the guy? Is he going to be loyal to them as a club when it doesn't have the status that the other clubs, looking another club, looking to sign him, have? No. Does he want to stay in the northwest of England um, rather than move to Italy? No. It's not going to happen. So, you—he's the first one we've talked about who's actually in the prime of his career, and it's a, a sort of another dimension of football these days that certain players will move to a club and if a transfer doesn't happen in the early stages they and their agent will calculate that I can run my contract down and be available in the peak of my career and that increases my options of places to go and increases my salary at the next club so I will (coughs) use the benefits of freedom of contract have and there's another good example in Germany at the moment which is Leon Goretzka at at Schalke who um, Barcelona are have been looking at and considering as an option to sign. Uh, apparently, um, Lionel Messi, who, as we know, has um, been able to get Barcelona to bend over backwards to, to give him not only the, the most uh, valuable contract in the history of the game, but also a very, very significant signing-on fee to, to stay at the club. And Goretzka's 22-year-old, um, highly talented midfielder, who's allowed his contract to run down, may stay at Schalke um, for longer, will be very well paid by a club that does have a lot of money to do so, but is, is assessing his options and working out where the, the next stage in his career will be. And For sure, Goretzka won't see his long-term destination, the, 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 you know, the, the final stages of his career being at Schalke. So, if his trajectory continues on the, the path it's going, they will get one more contract out of him at best, and then he'll move up the, the football ladder.
1: And you know, is he likely to get any offers come um, January? Do you think? I mean, are, are the Premier League clubs likely to move in for him for Goretzka? Yeah,
0: um, I think people have a tickle, but I think it's unlikely he'll leave in, in January. Um, I'd say, I think I think he's a, an intelligent young player who is mapping his own path. Um, And that's, you know, I wouldn't say it's unusual, but it's certainly uh, not the norm for younger players to have a mind of their own. Usually they're sort of heavily under the influence of family members, mostly their fathers, so agents or agents as well, um, who decide for them what they're going to do. Whereas I think Goretzka, from what I've uh, learned and heard, is someone who has a very clear idea of what his career ahead of him is. And if staying at Schalke is what he believes to be the best thing for him, then what they will do is that between him and his agent they will negotiate a new contract with a a, a reasonable rescission clause that allows him to leave if that's paid. So <clears throat> and in doing so allow his career to, to flourish and benefit to the best possible for him as a footballer rather than just for financial gain. Um that's something to say which is but it's it's not unusual, but it's 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 you know it's not the norm either. You do find that a lot of players, uh, whether twenty two, eighteen, or or even twenty six, twenty seven, will be very much guided by other people. Whereas in Karadzic's case, I don't think that's the case. I think another player who we spoke about um, uh, in previous transfer podcasts, uh, Christian Pulisic, is another who uh, played currently playing in Germany who will do the same, um, who won't simply move for money. Um, but we'll move, when it suits him, to the club he wants to go to and the club he sees his crew developing in.
1: Okay, well, we'll expect to hear more of his name and speak more about him in the coming weeks and probably months. Um, okay, we've gone into quite a bit of depth on a few clubs there. Shall we move to a quick fire uh, section, gentlemen? Um Maybe I'll shout out some of the names uh, that are available, including some of the ones we've already discussed, just for uh, the sake of repetition. (laughs) And uh, you can tell us, tell us, as in me and the listeners, um, whether they should stay or should they go. Um, And you can just let me know whether it's in the interest of the player or the club to move on or hang around. So... Ian, we'll put you up first and we'll go to uh, visit the Germans and uh, Aaron Robin, uh,
0: He will go. Uh, surplus of grabs at Bayern Munich now. Um, I'm not sure where Aaron Robin goes from now, uh, uh, Henry. I see him almost in one of those Chelsea pensioners outfits down at Stamford Bridge helping, helping old people into their places. I don't know why. There you go. That's my That's my... Might still go for him.
1: 34 in January. Um, still maybe got a season left in him. Uh, teammate uh, at Bayern Munich, Frank Ribery.
2: I think he'll also go. I think it's uh, a, a sort of changing of the guard at Bayern Munich, and like uh, Robin, um, fragile from an injury perspective, and very highly paid. So um, the decision for the club is to let him leave. One, uh,
1: one final, Karab. Uh, uh, for his first season in the Premier League, do you think? Pardon? Do, do we? Ribery. Yeah.
0: Where would he go? Who would take him? He's very, very high maintenance, both physically and mentally. I'm not sure that... You been know, a super, he's been a in. fantastic
1: player. Do you, know. you know what
0: it is? You, you know what, actually? I've got it. <clears throat> if we got a time machine, Henry, and went back 15 <laughs> years to Bolton Wanderers, Big Sam would take him. Big Simon. Sam would take him there, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> let's do it. He's a big sample. Everton. Everton. I was just.
2: <laughs> ever, I, was, did, I was just going to say Everton is the only club I could see. Where I know, I'm but ever, like,
1: Everton's the club that most, always comes up when we, when we talk about these things. Elaine, anyway, to quickfire, round gentlemen, let's move most on. Most of
2: the Premier League, most of the Premier League, does their transfer business quite rationally these days.
1: And All right okay. right. okay. Right. Um, okay. Being back to you, Giorgio uh, Chiellini. I think he leaves Juventus,
0: <clears throat> and it would be a, a good addition. A very, very good player, incredibly experienced. Um, it could play certainly play in England uh, or anywhere else. Although I suspect he'll have very good offers from China.
1: Thirty-three years old, so uh, not exactly a long-term signing. Um, surprisingly, still only twenty-seven. Duncan Mario Balotelli scoring a lot of goals for Nice.
2: Uh, He will go somewhere else uh, on his magical mystery tour of European clubs, causing havoc wherever he he stops.
1: Can we see him back in in, in England?
2: Uh, Only at Everton.
0: (laughs) Oh, I think Man City should re-sign him. That's his natural home.
1: Okay. um, Ian, Marwan Fellaini.
0: I think he'll stay. I think he's too loved by Jose Mourinho for the club to let him go. Um, and I think maybe what he'll do is he'll, he'll, there'll be a compromise, Henry. It might be a one- or two-year contract, uh, which allows him to make a bit more money somewhere else once he, that contract ends.
1: Duncan, Mesut Ozil?
2: I think Mesut Ozil might end up staying at Arsenal just because Oof. he doesn't, doesn't get a better offer elsewhere.
1: That's a big call. Okay, Ian. Uh, I don't know how to say his first name. Joe Matinho. Joe John Uh Still
0: has a lot to offer. I think uh, as a as a midfielder, he could easily play Premier League football um, for a couple of years um, at least. Uh, and, and and someone who's been coveted very much by the, by English clubs in the past. Uh, I think, uh, look at mid-table Premier League clubs, signing one a free contract, gets a nice you know, pay packet in excess of £100,000 a week.
1: Okay, since we're talking about Everton, Duncan, uh, we've got two there. Aaron Lennon?
2: Aaron Lennon has to go. <laughs> It'd be crazy to retain him.
1: And uh, Ross Barkley?
2: I think Ross Barkley will go because he um, made the decision to run his contract down and take the best offer possible. Where do you see him ending up? In the summer. And young and English. No shortage of suitors.
1: Okay. Uh, Ian, um, apologies, folks, for these pronunciations, but I am what I am. Uh, Fahouzi Gulam at Napoli.
0: Uh, I'm I'm surprised he's out of contract. Uh, He's one of the ones that um, has been under the radar, uh, I think, for Napoli, uh, who are obviously having a brilliant season uh, in in Serie And also... Gulam has been central to that. Unfortunately, obviously, did his ACL in the game against Manchester City. I know that Chelsea are monitoring him very closely. Obviously, it'll depend on his recovery because he's probably just going to be getting back into kicking a ball, stroke training fully uh, come next summer. So I think that situation, unless Napoli renews contract uh, with and uh, and giving him security uh, while he's injured. By all favour renewal, I think we'll be seeing him in the Premier next
2: next year.
1: Okay, uh, Duncan, uh, has him Ben Arfa at PSG?
2: Yeah, he'll definitely go because he's one of the ones that PSG are trying to move out. Um, potentially um, a mid-table Premier League club.
1: Everton by any chance? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> stab in the dark, well. Um, okay, James Morrison at West Brom.
0: I think James Morrison is, is quite underrated. I like him was a player, I think he's very, very uh, efficient in what he does. I think he, he's, uh, he's a good member of a team because he functions for the team uh, very well. I, I don't think he'll have any um, problem getting a, a contract in the Premier League uh, at all. I think he probably will leave West Brom, but um, as I said, he, we'll still see him.
1: You heard it here first. Well, I don't know if you heard it here first, but you certainly heard it here. Um, you heard it here first by me. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, thanks, gentlemen. As always, we've uh, we've we've played that one out quite a quite a bit. So hopefully, we've retained your interest this far, folks. But if not, well, you do you can't hear me anyway, so it doesn't really matter. <laughs> Thank you to Ian. Thank you to Duncan. This has been the Transfer Window Podcast. Brought to you from the sunny banks, the Costa del Clyde. And uh, we thank you for joining us. Please do so again next week. Until then, if I don't see you through the week, I'll see you through the transfer window. <laughs>